The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, all you out there in the Healthcare Wrap posse, thanks for hanging with us. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and this is Season 2 of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and help create the digital health experience that happens outside the clinic. You can join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com and hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap. And a special thank you to Express Docs, Ulterra Digital, and the Podcast.Healthcare Network for helping us spread the awesome. Yeah, we couldn't do it without you guys. You know that. So listen, sometimes I feel like I've seen it all in digital marketing. I've worked with organizations from startups to the Fortune 500, sometimes as part of their in-house team and sometimes as clients. And sometimes I just really feel like I've seen it all. And lately, the trend has been to still do something that I feel like we need to address. And that means this is something that's just been on my mind, right? So I've seen a lot of challenges out there still. I've seen as digital marketing has exploded, how it's evolved, and how it has changed into something much more than just growing new patients or new customers. And that means a lot of challenges have come with that evolution, right? So unfortunately, what we see a lot is still trying to throw technology at people problems because it can be easy with all the focus on technology to forget that changing healthcare requires us to change human behavior, right? We've talked about it a little bit on this program before, but there are some really significant pieces of human behavior that we have not dug into and addressed before in detail. And that's what I was hoping to do this week on the episode. And thinking about that, I've realized a lot about how wise business leaders have often acknowledged that throwing technology at people problems usually doesn't make those problems better. It usually just often exacerbates them and makes them worse. Transforming healthcare to become consumer-centric is one of those problems that we are attempting to throw a lot of technology at. And it can feel like a giant jigsaw puzzle. One piece of that puzzle is gaining a better understanding of the human behaviors involved in healthcare. For instance, long ago, well, it feels like long ago, I should preface that, but several years ago, when wearables first came on the scene and they first came and, and they took over CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, and it was all about wearables and health trackers, fitness trackers, Fitbit came on, Apple Watch came out, and every other manufacturer seemed to have their version of a fitness tracker. And the goal, the value proposition, the whole thought was all we have to do is get a wearable in someone's hands or around their hand, around their arm, but give it to them and they will change and modify their behavior and this country is going to be healthier. 
And we all know that that wasn't the case, right? It wasn't an automatic thing of when you hand technology to somebody that they know what to do with it and they're going to you know, behave differently. So my goal today is to get us to think a little bit differently, to get us to dive a little deeper and to help us understand how coming up with the right in our marketing day-to-day how coming up with the right landing page, for instance, isn't necessarily going to drive behavior. We still have to think long, deep, and hard about what we are still asking someone to do. And I've learned this one simple exercise of even just saying out loud what I'm asking a user to do, the behaviors I'm expecting them to perform, often change my view of how easily I've created a digital experience. So I'm going to go back to Jeff Gorgie, who is the co-author of Making the Healthcare Shift, The Transformation to Consumer Centricity, which, again, is just still at the, at the top of my, my list of, of favorite new books this year. But he explained it this way, and I really liked this quote. Here's what Jeff said. He said, healthcare is a service business. So within a large health system, thousands of people a day interact with patients. If important systems, processes, structures, and incentives get in the way of consumer centricity, then it won't happen. Most health system leaders want to make their organization more consumer-centric. However, they're dealing with legacy barriers that make it very difficult. So that was Jeff's way of summarizing some of the challenges here and some of the things that we have attempted as healthcare systems to throw technology at. And that's actually one of the premises of the book. And the book was based on in-depth interviews with dozens of healthcare executives and research from polling hundreds more. They surveyed several hundred healthcare executives in addition to the ones that they had in-depth interviews with, right? So the result was identifying these five necessary shifts for healthcare to become truly consumer-centric. Now, why do I bring that up again? If you've heard some of our previous episodes where I brought that up, because this is the core of creating this digital health experience that I keep referring to and how we're going to accelerate the transformation of healthcare from our standpoint as healthcare marketers and technology providers, right? So the book calls out two interesting points. The first is that 15% figure. I wonder if you've heard that in previous episodes and if you recall that what that 15% refers to. Less than 15% of healthcare organizations have made full progress on any of those five shifts. And second, the other interesting point from the book is that the final shift, Jeff and Scott Davis, his co-author, they refer to it as a shift from insights as a department to a culture of consumer obsession. And I know every word is precise and it's important because we're trying to understand the difference between these different things. So it also implies that many of those so-called legacy barriers actually have to do with human behavior. So in other words, the more we understand human behavior, the better equipped we become to transform healthcare in a meaningful and effective way. And so I want to dive into five human behavioral tendencies that are affecting the progress of healthcare organizations, of this transformation, of becoming more consumer-centric, because it isn't, we have to understand the strategy, we have to have a plan in place, and it does have to become part of culture of healthcare organizations. But that's just it. There are all these human behaviors in between. Now, in my studies, for a couple of years before I ended up in the communications and PR and marketing landscape in my college studies, I was actually a psychology major. And so I actually really enjoy seeing how these things intersect because without a, a basic understanding of human behavior, then sometimes we run into this wall of why didn't this thing work? Why didn't 
people click through to this landing page? Why didn't we acquire the customers we wanted on this thing? How come patients didn't come back? How come they didn't modify their behavior, et cetera, et cetera? So the better understanding we have of human behavior, the more we can shed some light on some of those insights and help overcome those tendencies. And these tendencies, I I think of them in terms of five different fears. So the first one is fear of the unknown. And so this is going to be our rap battle today is talking about these five human tendencies. So the rap battle is where we just challenge the way that healthcare has been done before, right? And it usually has to do with marketing and technology. So this first human tendency I'm talking about is fear of the unknown. And that can manifest itself as discomfort when you're facing ambiguity, when expectations are unclear, when the business objectives aren't clear, or when you're just getting different type, you know, different requests, different demands from all your different stakeholders. When you are moving forward on an initiative and then you hear from, you know, maybe it's a, a clinical leader, a provider, a, a practice administrator, a business manager within the organization, they're asking you to do something totally different. Well, then there we go. There's the fear of the unknown. We're being asked to do all these things. And uh, no, we haven't done that before. So let's see what that would look like, right? What can add to that fear? Well, mergers, acquisitions, disruption, disruptive technologies, new competitors. So things outside your organization, right? Things outside your control. That just adds to the fear of the unknown. Even the the overall transition from fee-for-service to value-based care, that can all contribute to this fear of the unknown, right? And there's actually, there are heaps and mounds of psychological evidence behind our tendency to prefer the devil we know. And one source I look to for some of that evidence is from Jonas Sachs in his book, Unsafe Thinking. And here's what he said about some of that behavior, because again, this has to do with how we as marketers and technology providers succeed in creating this new consumer-centric vision of healthcare, right? Here's what Jonas Sachs said. He said, the more we gain expertise and experience, the more we tend to stick to familiar approaches. This is in part because we over-rely on a decision-making tool that psychologists call the hill-climbing heuristic. And here's what that means. In pursuing solutions to challenges, this subconscious rule of thumb tells us that at each decision point, we should choose the next step that seems to lead most directly toward our goal which usually means opting for tried and true routines. So the problem is that in changing environments, hill climbing, as shown time and again, leads to mediocrity. So that's what Jonas said. And really, when I think of that in terms of the fear of the unknown, a key to addressing it is emphasizing the benefits of leaping into the unknown, of taking calculated risks. Now, that can be as simple as comparing things in terms of best case and worst case, right? So sometimes... We paralyze ourselves thinking we don't, you know, if we're being asked to do something in a tried and true manner, well, there isn't a tried and true manner to do a lot of things that consumers are asking us to do in our digital channels, is there? We're slowly learning them. We're learning some best practices, but even a lot of those don't necessarily apply at any given time. So it's important to think about that. But we can start by comparing best case and worst case scenarios. So for instance, you can work with your team or your senior leadership to say, We haven't done this before. Very few other hospitals have done this before, but that's not a reason for us not to try it. So here are our best guesses to the best case and worst case. Hey, the best case might be 
that we succeed and, and we grow this and, and this becomes something amazing. And the worst case is that, yeah, there, you know, there, there could be these issues with it. Even just comparing that, getting it on paper or talking through it has a way of helping us start navigating through the unknown and at least getting it in terms of things that we can understand. So again, that's one way of addressing fear of the unknown. The second fear I wanted to talk about was fear of change. Now, fear of change takes on a lot of different things, doesn't it? It explains a great deal about the current state of healthcare innovation, right? And why more organizations have not made more progress up to this point. We can be required to change ourselves, our skills, and our routines. And what gets in the way? Well, I've talked about this before, but human inertia, right? Human inertia gets in the way all the time. Our tendency to resist doing things differently. An object in motion tends to stay in motion, right? And an object at rest tends to stay at rest. Something like that. (laughs) Isn't that how the law goes? So human inertia means we tend not to want to try different things or new things. And it's it's a little crazy to think about that, but it's true, isn't it? So going back to Jonas Sachs in his book, Unsafe Thinking, here's what he said about that about fear of change. He said, hill climbing is not the only unhelpful mental shortcut we have to contend with. It's just one of dozens of quirks of the human psyche implanted through evolution that make us favor safety and familiarity. Ironically, the pull of safe thinking gets strongest when we're in unknown territory that requires new approaches. As our standard operating procedures begin to fail us, the discomfort of uncertainty and the fear of failure push us even more urgently to seek safety. I find that fascinating, don't we? You know, so I think what Jonah is saying there is that anticipating that human inertia, anticipating our resistance to change and having an open dialogue as part of transformative efforts can really yield significant progress. And that's what we're talking about. We have to move quicker than baby steps at this point. We really have to move in larger steps. And to do that, we do have to overcome this this fear of it. We have to realize that it's going to be different than it has been in the past, right? I need a dime, ain't faking a bump. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Ultera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Ultera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Ultera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. So the third one is fear of being different. Think of this in, in social terms, right? This fear is usually not acknowledged as frequently, but it can be just as relevant when we're seeking to understand why organizations struggle to make progress with their culture. Think about that in terms of our healthcare organizations, right? So Seth Godin, most of you, if you don't know him, I'm not sure why you don't know about him. Uh, Seth Godin has been out there for for so many years as a well-known business consultant. 
and an author, best-selling author of goodness knows how many books by now, several of which have zeroed in on marketing. And Seth Godin explained in his recent bestseller, This is Marketing. I have read a little bit of this in the past and previous episodes, but here's a new little tidbit about our desires to not be different, right? The fear of being different. Here's what Seth Godin said. You can't get someone to do something that they don't want to do. And most of the time, what people want to do is take action or not take action that reinforces their internal narratives. So some people have an internal narrative that makes them open to changing their behavior, while others begin the process with great resistance. For most of us, though, changing our behavior is driven by our desire to fit in and our perception of our status. Since both of these forces often push us to stay as we are, it takes tension to change them. So once you see these forces at work, you'll be able to navigate the culture in a whole new way. It will be as if someone turned on the light and gave you a map. I love this. If if I could just get everyone to internalize this and realize this new lens at which we can look at digital behavior, then we can make a lot of progress in healthcare and stop really barking up the wrong tree. In many ways, I feel like this map to which Seth Godin refers to, it can really look similar to a customer journey where every action or encounter relates back to the customer's experience, right? There's an interaction. There's sometimes a technology behind that, but there's usually a human interaction involved. There's a touch point. There's a technology. And while we can focus on the technologies and the content, we have to focus as well on the overall journey, not just individual touch points, or else we're going to fall short. And so all of that has to do with recognizing the fear of being different. And if we realize that in the way that we are trying to market, then our content and our messaging really starts to take shape in an effective way. And we can help our stakeholders understand why we don't necessarily need to plaster their faces on a billboard. Hmm, there you go. So number four is the fear of risk. So when Jeff Gorgie again, when he was asked how organizations can make the shift to a consumer-focused culture, he pointed to the different types of risk, right? Here's what he said. He said, sometimes trying things just to try things can be valuable, but innovation investments have a higher likelihood of making the desired input when they are made in the context of a clear view of what the organizational vision and experience strategy are. Right, So think about that. That's kind of a lot packed in there. But what I see that meaning is that it isn't necessarily bad to try new things, right? There has to be some risk at this point because we are in this industry of follow the leader. And if everyone follows the leader, no wonder there are only a handful. I can count on probably two hands You know how I can name all of the innovative health systems out there, in my opinion, the ones that truly are transforming the digital customer experience, right? There are only a handful of them. Everyone else is waiting for somebody to, to drop it in their lap with the exact manual and the step-by-step outline of how to do it. We are not going to reach the transformation of healthcare in that way if we take that long to do it. So Jeff Gorgi actually continues a little bit more. Here, here's a little bit more explanation of that. Here's his recommendation. He says to separate out regulatory, legal, and clinical risk from business risk. Pervasive innovation requires the latter three. It does not require the former. One organization has been collecting phone numbers from people that have opted into text message communication. Two years later, they cannot agree on how to communicate with people that have proactively asked for it. (laughs) 
it makes me cringe, but this is the reality we're dealing with, isn't it? So he, he just concluded that by saying a business leader's diagnosis was clear. We say we won't take clinical and legal risk, but in reality, we have not been able to take the business risk. Right. So just remember that fear of risk and clarify what type of risk it is, because if we lump it all together, we are actually doing ourselves a disservice. And finally, the fifth fear, the fifth human behavioral tendency I wanted to address today was fear of failure. This is a very human, very real failure, especially in the current state of marketing, right? Where my friend and colleague Paul Zablowski will continually refer me to statistics about how marketing leaders don't stay on more than two years, three years at most these days. Then they're gone, right? Either through their own, on their own terms or not on their own terms. But marketing leaders are not even lasting long enough in our positions to make the difference that we want. So it's a crazy environment that we are in. So of course there's a fear of failure. Of course no one wants to have that be a part of their life. But in the book, Jeff Gorgi also shared some of the additional interview responses that, that didn't make it into the book. I should clarify that. So he actually shared with me personally some of the responses that did not make it into the book. And one of those in particular addressed the fear of failure. And I wanted to share that with you because it's from Sterling Lanier, who's the CEO of Tonic Health. And Sterling was actually, you guessed it, he was a a former guest on my former podcast. (laughs) I enjoy hearing from Sterling because he really has this interesting concept and experience with innovation. He says, be willing to accept the right failures. He said, healthcare organizations have bad innovation memory. And what he means by that is when organizations have shifted to pervasive innovation, a certain amount of failure is inevitable. But when things go awry, the lesson is not that the idea was faulty or the execution was flawed. The lesson is that innovation is faulty. That has to change. I love that thought because what that tells us is that some of the things we're hearing, that just helping us see this difference, this dichotomy of the back and forth that we as marketers and technology providers have with senior leaders, with those in other organizations, with those in other silos within our our departments and our organizations, those conversations and those back and forth discussions that are happening are sometimes flawed. And being able to recognize that and clarify it is going to help us create the right culture and overcome these human behavioral tendencies. So Jeff also pointed to Advocate Healthcare's mammography MVP program as an example that showed a willingness to address the fear of failure, right? He said Advocate Healthcare rolled out what they would consider call and be seen today for mammography as a a 1.0 approach, right? So, hey, call us and you can be seen today. Hey, that sounds great, doesn't it? Well, then they followed that up by call, be seen today, and get results today as a 2.0 approach. So they didn't just wait for the program to be perfected and rolled out all at once. They started and then expanded, much like a technology company would, right? They literally saw what the next piece was. When I've consulted for technology companies, I've always enjoyed seeing just that continual evolution of developing in sprints, of coming up, hey, what's the next update? What's the next evolution of our product, of our service? And I've learned from that that we can also evolve in our marketing programs by continually evolving and running in sprints and creating things, getting them out there, getting them published in a sufficient way, hopefully in as close to perfect as possible. Don't get me wrong, we don't want to put just junk out there. But my goodness, we don't have to know all the answers to everything. Make that educated guess. 
take that risk, take that leap, and be willing to fail a little bit. Right? Don't just throw everything out there knowing that it's going to crash and burn, but have a good idea and then go for it and be able to phrase that and explain it to everyone involved in what's happening. So, in summary, here are some ways to address these five behavioral tendencies because we talked about several of them. We talked about fear of the unknown, we talked about fear of change, fear of being different, fear of risk, and fear of failure. So here are ways to address those tendencies. First, we can emphasize the benefits of calculated risks by comparing best case and worst case scenarios. Second, we can anticipate human inertia. We can have an open dialogue about it and just say, look, we anticipate that that this creates a lot of friction and users aren't necessarily going to want to try this. Patients are going to have to have an incentive to try this new way of behaving. So let's think about that before we roll it out. Or let's ask that in our testing. Third, we can map the customer journey and the anticipated human behaviors associated with each action. That is an exercise that the more you do, it can really shed light on what's going on. Fourth, we can separate the clinical or legal risk from the business risk and clarify that and start using those terms to help everyone understand why we'd be willing to take certain types of risk and how some are necessary and some are not. And finally, consider rollouts and phases. Consider treating marketing programs, patient communications, and related programs and campaigns as a continual rollout. Again, don't put low-quality stuff out there, but get it to a point where it's good enough, where you feel good about it, and just as confident knowing that it might not be perfect. Hopefully it is perfect, but if it isn't, still be willing to know what to do with it. Don't let that stall your progress. I feel like understanding human behavior is one of the most effective ways to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and to bring about the changes that we all desire. So that's what I wanted to share with you today, just these thoughts about human behavior and how this can help us in our daily lives, in the daily grind, guys, right? There's so much going on. Keep fighting that fight. Keep marketing forward. You guys are doing this great. So thanks for tuning in today. Keep an ear out for new segments and updates to the podcast over the coming weeks throughout season two. Don't forget to join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review and telling your friends. Many of you have been doing that. Thank you so much. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. So keep marketing forward, guys. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thanks.